The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 10th chapter. After this, the Lord appointed 70 others and sent them on ahead of him in pairs to every town and place where he himself intended to go. He said to them, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, ask the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Go on your way. See, I am sending you out like lambs into the midst of wolves. Carry no purse, no bag, no sandals. And greet no one along the road. Whatever house you enter, first say, Peace to this house. Your peace will rest on that person. If anyone shares in this peace with you, but if not, it will return to you. Remain in the same house, eating and drinking whatever they provide, for the laborer deserves to be paid. Do not move about from house to house. Whenever you enter a town and its people welcome you, Eat what is set before you, cure the sick who are there, and say to them, The kingdom of God has come near to you. But whenever you enter a town and they do not welcome you, go out into the streets and say, Even the dust of your town that clings to our feet, we wipe off in protest against you. Yet know this, the kingdom of God has come near you. Whoever listens to you listens to me. And whoever rejects you, rejects me. And whoever rejects me, rejects the one who sent me. The seventy returned with joy, saying, Lord, in your name, even the demons submit to us. He said to them, I watched Satan fall from heaven like a flash of lightning. See, I have given you authority to tread on snakes and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing will hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice at this, that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. This is the gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, Christ. Please be seated. And at this time, I invite uh, the young and young at heart forward for a special message.
welcome you to your house where you stay, not you stay out on the street. Does that sound like a vacation? Yeah. No. He also told them not to take their wallets with them, right? So no money. All right, you have your wallet. Mommy and daddy have their wallets, right? Jesus said, don't take any of that. And he said, don't take a bag. Well, if you don't have a bag, how are you going to carry all your stuff? Right?
Will you pray with me? Good and gracious God, send out laborers into your harvest that is plentiful, full of mercy, full of peace, full of hope, hope that you will come near and save us from all that is wrong in this world. Strengthen us by your word and by your spirit, that in these things we may know your peace and be the body of Christ raised up for this world. All these things and all the things of our hearts we lift before you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So now I'm going to ask you what I asked Wesley and Ellie. How many of you have vacations planned for the summer? A long week, a short day trip, it doesn't matter. Any kind of getaway. Okay, wonderful. Now close your eyes for a moment and imagine where it is you're going. Or where you've been. And hold that for a second. Now imagine you're ready to go and you have your suitcase in hand. You're ready to head out the door. What did you pack to take with you? If you're anything like me, that old scout motto, be prepared, drives you to have just a little bit more than you actually need for your trip. An extra set of clothes, an extra pair of shoes and the like, just to make sure that we're prepared for whatever it is we may encounter while we're away. And remember, it's a vacation. We're only gone for a short while. But Jesus did send a crowd of 70 out to do God's work, to go out into the villages to heal the sick and to proclaim the reign of God come near He sent them to do the work that they would continue after Jesus' death on the cross, after his resurrection from the grave, after his ascension into the glory and in the presence of God. He sent them out to do the Lord's work, the work that the church is still called to do. But notice again his packing list take no purse, take no bag, take no sandals. We go off for a week and we have an entire bag packed in no time. But Jesus sends his followers out to work with only the clothes they have on their backs and tells them to leave their wallets behind. What's going on with that? Wouldn't we think? Wouldn't we think that Jesus would want his his followers to be prepared for whatever it is they may encounter? And not distracted from their work, from the mission and ministry of the church by worrying about what they'll eat or how they'll survive. How they'll find comfort in these foreign places. What it sounds like to us is a setup for failure. And some days I don't know what's harder. That Jesus tells them to take nothing extra Or that immediately before this, he tells them the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, ask God to send out laborers into his harvest. Get up and go on your way now. And look, I'm sending you out like lambs in the midst of wolves. There's a lot of work for you to do. There's not many of you to do it. 
So get to work quickly. Look, I'm sending you out like innocent creatures into a vicious world. Oh, and by the way, take no money, no supplies, and no extra tools. Just go on your way and spread the peace of the kingdom that rests in you. Wouldn't Jesus want his followers to be prepared? Looking around the world today, it's no different than what the first missionaries of Jesus encountered as they worked to prepare the way of the Lord. We see the same things, that the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are indeed few. Recent studies show that attendance and worship across denominations, across the country, is the lowest it's ever been. And you and I know that there's more caught up in being the body of Christ than committing an hour on a Sunday morning once a week. Apart from this being a vacation weekend, we look around our own pews frequently and we see where people are missing regularly. And we ask about them. And does it ever go any farther than that? It's also no secret that such a shortfall in laborers means that the tithes and the offerings aren't what they once were. And that the ministry of healing the sick and proclaiming the reign of God is stifled as the resources are dwindled. And if I'm honest with you, if I'm honest with you, there are some moments when I just don't know what to do about that. And then God comes and puts the scriptures in front of us and we hear the words of Jesus say, I told my first followers that it would be this way. Why would you think of it any differently? And so maybe where we are as the church in this place, in this country, in this part of the world that we live in, maybe where we are is right where Jesus wants us to be. Maybe this is our wake-up invitation to go into all the neighborhoods offering God's healing, God's wholeness, and peace to the community with empty hands. Empty hands that are ready to work and ready to serve. What then is there to fear that we have no purse, no bag, or no sandals? Jesus has said that the ministry will have its joys And it's fruit-bearing seasons. Some will receive it openly and will rejoice that the kingdom of God has come to them and will celebrate with them the many ways that God has allowed us to grow in faith together. But we also know that others will receive the good news of God's kingdom skeptically. They'll choose to avoid it, maybe even outright reject it. And in doing so, allow allow the misery of this world to continue to affect and afflict God's beloved people. But in those moments, we know that we have the permission to shake the dust off of our feet and move on to the next place. To go and make disciples where the Spirit is leading us to go.
And there's another lesson that we would do well to learn from Jesus. Trying something and it not panning out the way that we would expect or we would predict is not the time for lament. Because it's not a real failure. It's an opportunity to move on to the next town and to try again. The harvest is plentiful, Jesus says, because the work of God's kingdom is never really done. And so we carry on. We carry on because looking back, what Jesus sends his disciples into is a world that is torn all to hell. But he sends them out knowing that they have every good thing that they need for life and for godliness. Because they've seen and experienced firsthand the God of peace who brings food to the hungry, who brings health to the sick, who brings comfort to the grieving and life to the dead and the dying. Nothing has changed as Jesus sends us out into the same kind of world. Inviting us to participate in a ministry that requires flexibility and experimentation and a hopefulness for tomorrow. The harvest may be plentiful, the laborers may be few, and we may be sent out empty-handed. But Jesus does not send us out alone. The disciples went out in pairs to encourage and support one another in fellowship and in companionship to remind one another why Jesus has sent us out in the first place and to remember that in Christ Jesus, we never work alone. God's mission, God's ministry in this world continues even after Satan has fallen from heaven like a flash of lightning. And the disciples return rejoicing in the power of God, and we are no different, having the same spirit that empowered them all those years ago. God has prepared us in our baptism and prepares us every day when we celebrate this holy meal to declare God's peace and God's kingdom in this world. And so let's take what God has given us. Let's rejoice that our names have been written and claimed by the Lord God. And in the name of Jesus, let's get to work. Amen.